the name of Jesus, Lord, to please prepare our minds, prepare our hearts, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to please give us strength to continue, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, for it to be you, Lord, for it to be your spirit speaking to us, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, to let it be the word of truth, the word of your spirit, Lord, that comes from heaven. I ask you to please take away anything of my thoughts, any of my mind, any of my words, Lord. But let it be you. Let it be you speaking, Lord, through me. So your people, your young, your young youth can learn and take something away from today, Lord. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen. Give applause to God because he's so good. Hey guys, um, so uh, like always, let me, I have it here ready, just let me get it going. I was going to tell you guys that, um, honestly, this, this whole day has been pretty good, like, I've been, uh, well, this is not, not, not only today, but this whole weekend, I've been blessed so much. Honestly, uh, I've been blessed by Pastor Douglas. Pastor Douglas, that was the first time I ever uh, heard you preach. And um, honestly, it, it, it brought me a lot of joy and it brought me a lot of feeling uh, listening uh, to Pastor Douglas. And, you know, as you guys can see, God has a plan for everything. Who can say amen, right? Amen. And, and it's funny how... how Douglas and I don't speak, right? We don't speak to each other. It's our first time that we meet. And uh, God has put something in our hearts so we can continue on what he has said. For example, I was speaking about the, the holy fire today because the holy fire is needed, right? That's, that's the first thing that God captivates, captivates you, captivates you with. And then Pastor Douglas speaks to you about your identity. Who, who found their identity today? Oh, my. Right. It's the Lord's work now, huh? <laughs> I want to ask one more time. How many found their identity today? And, their, and your identity is Christ, right? And the beautiful thing about finding your identity is that once you know who you are, you know what to do. Make sense? So, for example, if you are meant to sing, you're not going to dance, right? You're going to sing. If you're meant to uh, preach, you're not going to play drums. You're going to preach, right? If God sent you to prophesy, you're not going to whisper, right? You got to come out there like, Jesus said it. You got you to be, you know, you got to be what you're called to be, which is through Jesus Christ, and Jesus will slowly guide you. And what I, what I loved about this is that, honestly, Pastor Douglas left everything in an open plate so I can just come. Have you guys ever seen the Lakers play? <laughs> and just dunk it? Yeah, okay. Is that after finding our identity, the second thing and the most important thing that we must do is we must learn to be formed in the image of Christ. Not formed as in, because all of you guys are not going to change much from here on out. Maybe you guys are going to grow a few inches. You're going to get a few more wrinkles. But other than that, this is how you guys are going to be. But formed spiritually. And I want you guys to, to come with me to Acts 17.36. Sorry, 17.26. Acts 17.26. <laughs> listen, listen to what the Word of God says. He says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. Listen, listen for what? This is so that they would seek God 
And listen, this is what I want you guys to pay attention because this is what I want to I wanna emphasize a little bit right now. It says, if perhaps they might grasp for him and find him, though he is not far away from each one of us. So listen to Acts says, Acts, remember, everything starts, church starts, this is the beginning of the church. And, and, and in this book, in this, in this chapter, it's explaining a little bit more about what God did to us. And he created each one of us. So we, just like Douglas said, in one day, I love this, perhaps, you guys know what perhaps means? What does perhaps mean? Maybe. What else? You know, like when a guy goes, hey, hey, hermana, I think you're cute. Perhaps. Right? You know, you don't know, right? Perhaps means if you like to, if you want to, if you want to fight for it, if you want, if, you know, there's another version that says, just in case you stumble upon God. Imagine God is such a gentleman that he created you and still gave you a chance to meet him or not. If you want to, I'm right here. Oh, God, God is so wonderful, such a gentleman. And yet we still have the audacity to say, oh, just like Pastor Douglas said, oh, no, no, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in God. Oh, I don't need God today. It's a little bit late. It's my Saturday. I'm young. I should be out, you know, having fun. I want to go to sleep. And yet he created you. He appointed you. He gave you a specific time. He gave you your boundaries of where and when you can come out. And yet he still said, and maybe if you'd like to, if you stumble by accident to me, into my grace, even though I'm not that far away. I'm an arm's length away. He created you. And we must let God form us as well. Because somebody that is formed needs to understand that he needs to be under God. But let's continue. I, I, I want to tell you how great God is. God only only created you, but he gave you a chance. Come with me as well as Psalms 95.4. Psalms 95.4. Let's listen to what it says. It says, in his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountain are his also. 95.5, it says... The sea is his, and he made it, and his, his hands formed the dry land. Can you imagine a God so great that in his hands fits the depths of the earth? And his hands formed the dry land. I want you guys to start, start noticing in the verses that I, that, that, I, that I tell you in the form. What he forms with his hands is important because we are not ready to be his bride just the way we are. I'm sorry. If you thought you were just going to come to church on uh, Ignited 2023 and be ready to be his bride, it's, you're not. Have you guys ever seen somebody that's about to get married? A guy and a girl? What do they do? You guys don't know? What's the first thing they do when, when they say yes? Plan. Right? Number one, right? And number two, they both got to join the gym. They want to look good. Right? Yeah, no, I'm not going to eat that today. You know, I'm going to get married in six months. Why do you think? Just because, because they want to be the best for their spouse. What do you think we got to do? We got to get on a spiritual diet. We got to get formed by the Holy Spirit. But let's continue. And let's, let, I want you guys to come with me because I want to hurry this up. I, I don't want to take too long here. In Amos 4.13... 
It says, for behold, he who forms the mountains. Listen, listen how great the earth is, uh, how great God is. He says, for behold, he forms the mountains and creates the winds and declares the man what is his thought who makes the morning darkness and treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord of God of hosts is his name. Imagine a God that creates wind, mountains with his own hands. That is my powerful God that I believe in. That's what I want to tell you guys. Before I get into the, what, what, what I, want, I want to speak to you, how great God is. God doesn't need our help in any way, shape, or form. He is who He is. Whether you praise Him or not, He is. And then, before I get into what I want to speak today, Psalms 74, 17. Psalms 74, 17. Listen to what it says. It says, you have defined and established all the borders of the earth. In parentheses, it says the divisions of the land and the sea and of the nations. Listen to this next phrase. You have made summer and winter. Can you imagine a God that makes summer and winter? Do you, do you guys understand what I'm trying to explain, explain to you? Or you guys are just gone for today. You guys are tired. You're done. Who can think of a season called summer that it's hot? Who can think of a season that it's cold and everything is in its perfect order? It rains when it has to rain. Why? So vegetation can come out. And it's dry when it needs to be dry. Why? So it can die and grow back again. Who, who can think of that? Who can create that? Now my question is this. If God himself forms these seasons, mountains, seas, oceans, land... And biology does not dare to go against what God says. Why do we? Imagine God says, you know, uh, water. How, how is water made? Do you guys know your uh, chemistry a little bit or not? I, I never took chemistry. No? You guys don't know chemistry? Oh. Well, they don't give out chemistry in Sacramento? No? It's, it's, it's H and then what? Come on, guys. You guys got another one. So how many hydrogens is it? Th thank you. Down in LA, they give us uh, chemistry. Okay, 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 okay. Listen. So they, 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 we have to understand that when God comes and he says, two of hydrogen and one of oxygen makes what? And it sticks. That tastes good, right? And chemistry itself is not wondering, oh God, but why is it why is it a three hydrogen and two oxygen? It is. It is formed by God because it copies its creator, which creator is above all and all. And we must understand that. We must be able to go under God and he must form us to be his bride, to be the special bride that he's waiting for. Open your Bibles. Psalms 139, 16. If you haven't followed me along, we start here. Psalms 139, 16. One more time. Psalms 139, 16. It says, your eyes have been, sorry, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. I'm reading the AMP version. 
And in your book were written all the days that were appointed for me. And when as yet there was none of them even taking shape. Listen to, listen to what the psalm says. It says that God knew. God knows us in our unformed substance. That's so when people say that abortion is not killing, it's incorrect. God knew you and me in our unformed substance. Now, we can see this in two ways, right? Because we are chosen by Christ. We are chosen by God, and God died for us. Therefore, you and I get two births. One, the physically, and second, the spiritually. So he saw you before you were an unformed substance in your mother's womb, one. And he saw that you were an unformed substance after accepting Jesus Christ. Because your spirit is all like this, look. From all the time of doing sin, of doing what you wanted, of following your flesh. We started, we, we, you know, we're unformed. We, we don't know what we are. Or have you seen somebody that just accepted Christ? How do they speak? Sometimes the bad word slips, right? And they're like, oh, oh, oh my, my bad, bro, my bad, my bad. And you're like, yeah, it's okay, you know. He, 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 just, he, he just converted. He's a baby. And God knows you before you were formed. This is, I was going to tell you guys that this is the job of God himself that he gives himself. He says, you guys, you kids, you people, I will form you. Why? Because I've seen you in your lowest. I've seen you in your unformed shape. Yet I will form you. He will start. He will finish. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. That's why it's important to first understand who your creator is. And find your identity so then you can start doing what you're supposed to be doing. And what you're supposed to be doing is living a life that is holy and worthy of God. That's why I, I, I don't like, honestly, I, I'll be honest with you. When I go uh, over there in... Uh, uh, where we live, we have this, these things actually, this like uh, youth conferences. And we have them once a month. And we go to, uh, I don't know how many, how many churches we have, maybe like 15 or 20 churches. And every single church, we have one in, their, in separate churches. And the first thing that I tell the leaders, oh, hermano, you know, you guys think you guys could come to our church and have them? I was like, hermano, great. But I just say, just do me one favor. I don't want to go over there. Dance and you know what we do? Dance and and you know we're doing right and we're singing, we're crying and everything. And then when it's over, we're going back to the same thing. When it's over, the leader goes back to work. When it's over, nobody cares about the youth. When it's over, nobody's willing to get. One preaching is not going to change your whole life, but a matter of constant teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching and patience and teaching and patience and teaching and patience and love teachings and patience and love and love and love and love and love and yes let me tell you something they're all not going to answer right but it's your job leader to take the youth to the next level are you being formed he sees you unformed and his job is to form us i, I, I hope i'm making sense and listen, listen, how, how does he form you? Where do you and I come from? It goes all the way back to Genesis 2-7. It says, then the Lord formed the man of dust. Listen how, we are, how insignificant you and I are. When we die, you know what we become? 
You don't know, you guys don't know what we, we become when we die? We don't become dogs and cats and animals, right? <laughs> You'll be surprised what people tell me. I'm like, hey, Danny, what do you think I'm going to come back as in my second life? I'm like, my God, you need doctrine, bro. You don't have any doctrine. You become dust. When your organs are spoiled, when your flesh rots, when you're all dried up, old and dead, you know what you become? Back to dust. He formed you from dust to show you how insignificant you and I are. And yet, he chose you and I. You know, one time the apostle was, was, was preaching and he was telling us, well, he made me feel small, made very, very small. He was telling us that there are so many planets in our, in our, in our constellation, I don't know what's constellation, or universe, right? And then there's so, many, there's so many universes to that universe and then it just goes out and out and out and out and it just, it's like a huge thing, right? It's so many, so many creations, so many planets, so many galaxies, universes. And let me tell you guys that out of all those Things and creatures, God chose you. God chose me and you. Yeah, me and you, the ones that need to take pachita, that you need to eat at a certain time because if not, you start, oh my God, Pastor, uh, I need to go. Today, at 2, at 2 p.m., I was like, guys, I want to go to sleep, study, and eat. You think we can do it? They're like, yeah, Danny, let's, let's go. Let's, let's quickly go. And then we left because I was tired. I wanted to read a little bit, and I wanted to eat. And I was starving. And I, I, I look at myself and I'm like, guys, we are insignificant beings. And yet God chose you and me. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, my question is this. If we know that we are made from dust. but Sorry, sorry let, let, me, let me finish the, the verse because I feel like I'm only staying halfway. It says, and God formed the man from dust. From the ground and breathed, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living creature. God, does, God did not only just create you. God did not create you and just left you there like a dog. He didn't leave you. He gave you a life. He gave you his spirit so you can live a full life. The people that don't understand this is the people that are, don't understand that our life should be a happy life no matter what you're going through. Why? Because God gave you a life. Just like the pastor Doug was saying, one in 600 million. Guys, you guys don't understand how, how big that is. And yet God chose you. He formed you. And then Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb. Look, what did he do? He forms you in the womb of your mother. I knew you, but this is what I loved. This is why I can tell you for sure that there is such thing as predestination because God did not only form you in the womb, but he knew you before he did that. So don't ever think that you're just here, just like Pastor Douglas said. Oh, I'm here because, you know, I don't know what to do on a Saturday. I'm tired. Eh, let's go to church. I already bought the shirt, so might as well. And then listen, it says in parentheses, and I proved to you as my chosen instrument, and therefore you were born. I consecrated you, parentheses, to myself, my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now let me tell you something. Uh, I know who's, who's th these instruments. This, yeah, I know, I know what it is. It sucks. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Whoever helped me, I, I appreciate you guys. The saxophone has no use. 
if the person playing it doesn't do anything to it, right? I can't say, profetiza saxophone. It has, it has no use. It's just, it's just metal with a bunch of keys, with a bunch of spit inside. That if you leave it there, it's going to rot. It has no use. And yet, that is who we are. But you know what God does? He uses us. He finds us. He goes, oh, this one. You know what? Oh, I almost fell on that one. Um, he comes up and he uses not the most shiny one. He uses the one that everybody puts to the side. Oh, no, no, this one, no, this one. God chooses that one. Romans 8, 29, it says, For those whom he foreknew, oh, I love this verse, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. What does this mean? This means that God chose you, predestined you, and wants to form you to the image of Christ. The question to me is, for me to you is, are you willing to let God form you? Isaiah 49.5, and now says the Lord, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and the Israel might gather to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God is my strength. Listen to these people, listen to Isaiah, how he prophesies, understand that his life is not his own, but he owes it to who? He has enough to who? To his creator. He owes his life to his creator. That's why he says, you formed me, you called me, and now I am your servant. Last one. Zechariah 12.1. The oracle, parentheses, a burdensome message of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Thus declares the Lord who stretches out the heavens and lays the foundations of the earth. And forms the spirit of man within him. God not only creates, not only God forms your body and everything, but he now wants to form your what? Your what? Your what? You guys are sleeping or you guys don't know? Your spirit. You see, finding, you're finding your identity is great. But now our next step, your next step for the next 365 days after today, you know what your job is? To be formed. To be formed. Why? Because, guys, we're not enough with who we are, who we become today. It's not enough. You guys prophesy? Who prophesies? Raise your hand. Three. And there's like, what, 200 people here? And you know, can I tell you guys something? This promise is for you guys. This promise is for you. The older people, they get to do it, great. But guess who's going to do it after them? You. I'm sorry. Perdón, hermanos. And I was wondering the whole time, uh, now that I can get into my topic before I get in, how to just say everything this so I can get to this point. My question is this. My question, are you willing to go through a formation phase? Because formation does not only stop today or tomorrow or in a week or 365 days from now or three years or four years. But formation never stops. It continues and continues and you get better and you get better and you get better and better and better and better. And you know what's the best thing? That there's never an end. With the help of 
the Holy Spirit, we reach a, mo a moment of formation where all we can do is hope we're at the same stature that God wants us to be. How, how, do we get, how do we get formed? Let me tell you guys something. The, the, the thing that we must understand is God is not going to form you, uh, how do I say this, um, by force. He's not going to grab you and be like, no, no, you're mine. You know like how your mom used to shower you when you didn't want to shower when you were like uh, five years old? No, 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 mom, I'm clean. <laughs> no, no, mom. <laughs> no, 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 God's not like that. God is like this, hey, you want me to form you? No, no, I'm okay. Okay, sounds good. Take care. Hey, uh, do you want me to form you? No, 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 I, I don't want to. It's important for you to understand that in order to be formed, you must be willing. You must be willing, guys. And let me tell you, what I'm about to say might be difficult for you. Because in order to be willing, you must understand that it's going to hurt. Have you, who, who can run a mile in seven minutes? Under seven minutes? Kevin, you? Six. I've never done that in my life. I think I would have to roll like Sonic. <laughs> have you ever been able to do that, Kevin? Have you ever been able to do that all the time? No. <laughs> that's for me because I roll. No, run a six-minute mile. Always. No. What did you have to do? And first it was nine minutes with your lungs coughed out on the floor. And you're like, I'm done. Then eight minutes. And you were like, okay, I can maybe push myself next week more. And then seven minutes. And you're like, oh, okay. Now six, I want to go to four. But guess what? It's the, the, the sport itself forms you into a more, what, what, what is this? A more mental, tough person. It's not about you uh, being, being able to, you know, run 45 miles. No, it's about your mental toughness. Because after two miles, you're like, I got 43 left. This is what I'm trying to tell you guys, that you must be willing. Guys, have you guys ever, I'm going to give you guys another, another, another example, because honestly, this this, I think this is the most annoying thing I've ever experienced. Have you ever tried to do something with somebody that's not committed, as, as committed as you? How does it feel? Bro, just stay home, my guy. Just stay home, right? Like, bro, you're like, you're a burden to me, right? Hey, bro, you know, I don't know. Hey, you know, pick up the ball this way. Hey, you know, today we're going to bench on a bench. Can we, can we just do legs? <laughs> you think God wants to form you like that? Instead, what we have to understand, guys, in order to be formed, you and I need to understand that we must reach wisdom. Because he who is willing is wise. Be why? Because the wise knows that where God is, he needs to be there. You see, this doesn't happen to everybody. This doesn't, you know, this is not common knowledge where it just lands on everybody and goes, oh, yeah, I got to go to church. No, but notice it. When there's a problem, where does everybody run to? 
church. Why? Because they know it's there. They're just not wise enough to make it. They're not wise to make the right, right, uh, what's it called, right decision. Listen to what Proverbs 1, 2 says. It says, they will help you learn to be wise and accept correction. Look, 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 look how somebody is formed. Because they will help you learn to be wise and they will help you accept correction and to understand the wise sayings. Correction forms you. And I'm not talking about your mom giving you some chassos. That's not what I'm giving, talking about. Well, I don't know if you guys call it fajasos too. I don't know. What I'm talking about is spiritual molding, guys. Spiritual molding that, you know what? And let me tell you guys, as young, as young, as young adults, as young people, the number one thing we hate the most is what? Hey, you're doing it wrong. How do you know, pastor? Well, I'm 15 years older than you. I've been here doing this more than I than you, but I don't know anything. Go ahead. You, you, you do you. The hardest thing to understand is, the hardest thing to understand and accept is that maybe the person that God is using to mold you might not seem all that to you. But to God, he's a chosen one. Oh, Danny, but where do you get this? Look at David. Who molded David? Solomon, you said Solomon. This is son, bro. Te falta lectura, bro. Let's do it. Now get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Who formed David? Saul, not Samuel, not his father. But notice the type of 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 molding that he had to go through first. His father, Jesse. Where do you have him? Go outside. Go take care of my sheep. Yeah, you know, I keep him out. The prophet Samuel came and he doesn't even call his own son to be chosen as king. He's, and then Samuel has to say, no, no, there's one son missing. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. He's outside. Let me call him real quick. Can you imagine your dad not liking you and throwing you to the side? Only a person that under, that's gone through that can understand that feeling. And what do we do? We get depressed. We lock ourselves in the room. I hate my life. <laughs> Ah, three locks and oh my God. And what, did, what, did, what does David do? He takes out his little guitar. Like Coco. <laughs> Sorry. That joke goes right here. I couldn't stop it. He takes out his guitar and starts worshiping. You are the only one for me, Lord. You are my father. You are everything I... He starts... He starts worshiping the Lord. And where does the Lord go? Oh, you need a father? Oh, you need some, You need me to form you? Sounds good. Come over here. Let me form you. When nobody sees you, you're going to be fighting lions. And when nobody sees you, you're going to be fighting bears. And when nobody sees you, I'm going to prepare you for the fight of your life. Goliath. And when David comes and wins, everybody's like, oh, my God, who is this kid? And what does David say? It's normal to me. I've been formed in my father's house. I've been formed through hate, through despreciado. I, I, he's been everything. He was formed. Then, uh, Pastor, Pastor Doug was saying this, then 30 years until he was able to be king. Saul just continued to badger him and wants to kill him and kill him and kill him and kill him. You think that doesn't form him? You think that's not going to form you? 
Isaiah 29, 16. Listen to what it says. It says, you turn things upside down with your perversity. Shall the, shall the potter be considered equal to the clay? That the thing that is made would say to its maker, he did not make me. Or the thing that is formed, say to him, who formed it? He has no understanding. So I want to explain to you guys, guys, before I leave today, I want you guys to understand that being formed is, I think, the second most important decision of your life. The first one is to accept Jesus Christ. And the second one is to, are you willing to be formed? You guys, have you guys ever, did you guys ever have pottery class? Yeah? If you guys didn't know this about me, I had like six classes of it. I loved it. I was so good at it. I don't know why. But I literally, my teacher was like, hey, just come back next year. Hey, come back next I think I was because I was a dumb kid in school. <laughs> but um, he would always tell me, you know, come back, come back. And I was really good at it. And as I was there, guys, there's a lot of things that I understood. That now that I read these things, did the clay tell me, oh, hey, I wanted, today I want to be looking like, like a cup. And uh, after you're done with me, Danny, I want you to uh, put me in the oven. And then just, I'm not going to be leaving who you are. I would have broken that cup. Be like, bro, first of all, why are you talking to me? <laughs> first of all. Second of all, you're nothing to me. We must understand that. We must let God. That's why God uses his hands. You know what, what potters use, right? Their hands. You know what their hands typify? The five ministries. Pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles to lead us, to form us. Yes, sometimes the pastor's going to come up here and going to say things you don't like or maybe things you don't agree with. But obedience is much larger than sacrifice. Yes, yeah, I, I tell this to the, to the, to the young people because they're growing up. And you're like, hey, Danny, why do we do this? Hey, why do we do that? I'm like, dude, let me tell you something. Some of these questions, I don't even know myself. But you know what? When I go to the throne of God, I don't want God to say, oh, why were you disobedient? That's not what I want. I want God to look at me and say, oh, you were obedient. You were messing up, but you were obedient. Therefore, I got you. You must be molded. Yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, God's going to press you where it hurts. Yes, God's going to move you where it hurts. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. But guess what? We need it. God, God doesn't want a deformed wife. He wants a perfect wife. Clean wife. Isaiah 45, 9. Does the clay pot done argue with its maker? A pot that is like the others. Does the clay ask its potter, what is he doing? Does the potter complain that its maker has no skill? What's the first thing that we do when something doesn't go our way? Complain. God, I wanted to get to UCLA. Now I got to go to Sacramento College, and I don't know what to do. I want to do this. And I'm just, I, I, don't, get me, don't get me wrong, that's me too. When things don't pan out my way, I kind of complain. Kind of. I don't want to come in the back. <laughs> we always complain. If, if a girl doesn't like you, oh my God, God, yeah, she was my wife. Relax, bro. If you don't get the car that you want, oh, God must not be with me. Guys, there's some, I, 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 I honestly, I, I look back when I was uh, 18, 16, and I used to complain for everything. And you know what? We just had a, 
with, with the youth of, of over there, we had a podcast, and we, we called it Spoiled Children. And it, we started seeing how Israel slowly started complaining. And, you know, God sets them free with plagues. And what is the first thing they do when they get to the Red Sea? Complain. Oh, my God, why did you take me out? You should have just left us over there. We were happy. We were safe. And then God goes, oh, yeah? You think you were safe? Here, show, I'll show you this. Parts of Red Sea. They pass, and that was the first thing they do after. Complain. Oh, my God, now I'm wet. There's water here. There's water here. The Egyptians are here. Oh, my God. In the middle of the miracle, and they don't know what they're being informed. And then they get out of it. Check this out. Then Moses, their leader, goes up for a one-on-one with God. Oh, my God. Moses is taking long. Who's going to be our leader? Oh, my God. Then they go to the desert. Find Canaan. They don't believe. And then they're stuck in the desert for 40 years. Not only, let's just forget this, the fact that they had a cloud following them for shade. A cloud following them full of fire to guide them. They had manna from the sky. That's incredible. And then, oh, God, I'm tired of this bread. Careful, that might be us. That we, must, we might be so blessed that even the, heaven, the heavenly bread might taste a little bit stale. We must learn. We must let God form us. Do you guys like? Do you guys like hanging out with spoiled children? Or have you guys ever seen a, a spoiled guy or a girl? What is it? What's the number one trait? Selfish. Everything is about them. If they're hungry, I'm hungry now. Right? It's never like a team effort. Like, hey, now, nah, bro. You know what? I haven't eaten, but you know you haven't eaten. I got you, bro. Let's wait. Let's just wait until this fat guy sits and, you know, let's eat and then we'll bounce. No, no, it's always about them. Imagine how God feels when you come to this church and you go, God, I need more money. I need a new girlfriend. I need a new car. I need a new house. I need a new. You're not being formed. You're not letting God form you. And God forbid if somebody comes, Hermanito, can you please be quiet? The, the pastor's preaching. You can't tell me to be quiet. Hermano, please don't use your phone while they're preaching. You don't pay for my phone. My mom does. <laughs> oh, you know, you come late to the services. You play. And the pastor says, hey, you know what? Sit down. I'm leaving. I'm not going to stay here. You think that's being formed? You know what my dad would do? You know, one time. I told my dad, uh, I don't know why he was getting, he, he was, he was kind of mad at me. I don't know why. I'm for sure I did something bad. But uh, he did something bad. And I told him, you know what, I don't want to go to church anymore. I told him. Then he looked at me. And I was like, I don't want to go to church. I was like, this is a burden. I don't want to do this. Honestly, only, only, only real people understand this because it's tough sometimes. If you don't love Christ, church is boring. It's a burden, but that's not the point. And he looked at me. And he goes, no, you're not. And I was like, no, yes, I am. You know, I was like 18, feeling like I could take on my dad. He was like, no, you're still going to go to church. I said I'm not. Dude, I'll never forget his face. He turns around. Only, only me and my sister have seen that face. And he goes, no, yes, you are. And I was like, okay, dad, I'm going. 
let me tell you something. It was one of the scariest moments in my life, number one. And number two, I can tell you that because he has for me, I can say I'm a good man. I'm not a perfect man, but I'm an okay man. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't have bad habits. Look, I come to church on my weekends. I travel seven hours to come here. I love coming here. Every time they tell me to come here, I'm like, yes. And I tell these guys and they come. <laughs> Look, if you're going to, I'm going to tell you something about me. If you're going to give it a round of applause, give a round of applause for God. Okay? Not for me, but for God. The forming of your spirit is so important that you, you understand. Because if you don't let anybody form you. Guys, look, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I feel like I just throw myself head first from my hair. That's what happens. Yes, I am, I am old. But don't make me feel like that. Come on, be nice. You know, since, since we're talking about side notes, you know, uh, never mind, I'm not going to say anything. Let me, let me get back to my point. I'm, I, I'm 30 years old, and I have been in church all my life. And I can tell you that I have seen people that are not willing to be formed. Young age, 15 years old. I, I'll never forget this story. I, I, I was uh, 13 years old, my youth teacher. Hermanos, ah, in Spanish, because you know, nobody was speaking English back then. They would just say, and I would just be like looking at them and be like, hermanos, you know, you got to come to Christ. And I would go to be like, oh, hermano, you know, I just, I feel like this is not my place. No, Danny, you got to keep going. Danny, you would be there. He was like the, the youth leader. Bro, A1, next week? Hey, hermano, where's, hermano fulanito? Oh, he didn't make it. You have a new teacher. Okay, sounds good. Next week? Hey, hermano, where's now? fulanito? Where is it? I don't know. I don't know where he is. He left church. He got mad for something that somebody did or something, and he left. He got angry. He left. Four years later, I was what, 17? He comes in a full body cast. Like this look. And I, and I, I, <laughs> I was kind of rude back then, so I would go by, and I didn't even say hi. I looked, I looked into the car, and I was like, you know, whatever. This guy's crazy. And I would walk by, and he goes, Danielito. Turned around, my teacher, my youth teacher. And I was like, hey, you know, hermano, fulanito, how you doing? He's like, good, good, good. He's like, come, come, come. I was like, what, what? Don't ever get away from the path of the Lord. And then I was like, yeah, of course, yeah, because, you know, you're broken. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 I'm serious. He goes, don't ever leave. Let, you know, let your dad teach you. Let your, your brothers teach you. And in that moment, I was like, like everybody, yeah, 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 okay. Oh, guys, oh, my God, thank God I let my dad form me. I thank God that my brothers beat me up so many times in my life because, honestly, they have made me who I am. And most of all, I thank the Lord because of the trials that he's given me because those are the things that make your spirit strong. And you know what? I, I personally, I personally, when somebody tells me what not to do, I even tell them, I tell them, how can I, how can I be better? How can I try to do this better? Because inside of me, there's a little voice saying, hey, who do you think this guy is? Who do you think? I, like, that's, that's, that's what I want to say. Like, who do you think you are, bro? Do you not, do you not know that I am the apostle's son? I'm kidding. I don't say that. I don't say that. I'm kidding. But there's always that thought inside of me. Like, dude, I just preach. You're going to come and teach me? Like, there's always the thought saying, hey, these guys are not going to be able to teach you. And you know what I say? I tell them, no, 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 no. So you're not going to win today. I'm going to let the spirit win. I'm going to be humble. 
And I'm going to let this form you. Why? Because the, when you let the Spirit form you, you get a step closer to become His bride. When you let the Spirit form you, guess what? You stop looking like all like twisted in your spirit and you start forming up and forming up. And you start looking up straight and you start understanding and you start understanding what your goal is. In the beginning, nobody understands why they hit them. No, in the beginning, nobody understands why there's correction. Until you grow up, you start understanding. Don't you, don't you guys understand your parents? Like the people that are over 25. When your parents tell you, don't do that. What goes into your heart? I don't know why, but my mom knows best. My dad knows best. My dad goes, don't do that. My dad, my dad tells me to put the Wi-Fi a certain way. He doesn't understand Wi-Fi. And I listen to him. I just go, okay, dad, you want it like this? What does it take away from me? He's molding me. He's telling me. And I tell the Jesus Christ and I tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, guide me, form me. Because I do not want to be deformed. I don't even know how long I have left. Isaiah 54, 16. Come with me. If you guys brought a... And Matthew, uh, jump on, yeah? It says, listen carefully. I have created the smith who blows on the fire of coals and who produces a weapon for its purpose. And I have created a destroyer to inflict ruin. Listen to Isaiah is prophesying here. He says, I invented the blacksmith that uses heat to create weapons. I created him, so he created weapons. And then I asked myself, do you think, Danny, that when God created this, he didn't get it from what he himself does? He molds us like iron as well. You know how iron is molded? You know how weapons are made? Well, not anymore, but back in the day, how a sword was made? Through what? Through fire. But do you guys understand the process or no? 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 Hermana, gracias. Well, let, let, let me tell you. So first, you guys get like a blunt. It's blunt. It's squared. It's ugly. Iron. You grab it. Heat. And when it gets hot, red, takes it out, puts it in the anvil, hits it, and hits it, and hits it, and hits it. And when it's a little bit of flat, guess what happens? Back in the fire. Boom. And it starts taking, and it starts taking, it starts taking. Look, look, and now it doesn't really take one, two, three. It takes hours of this patience, learning where to hit, learning where to put it, learning where to, how, how, how hot. How not hot, how cold, how all metals are different. How do I know this? I think Netflix, first of all, because I love that show. But, anyways, and when finally, listen to this when finally the blade is done, the blade is not over. The job is not over. When the blade looks straight, when the blade looks perfect, where it has the right length, the right thickness, the right sharpness, the right whatever it is that you're going to do. Then, guess what it does for the last time? It goes back into the fire. And put the blade in oil. Oil meaning la unción, anointing. All hot. Listen, listen, because the job's not done yet. He puts it in heat, dumps it in oil, and guess what's the first thing he has to do right after? Make sure it's straight. Because with the heat and the oil, blades tend to bend. 
a little bit. And after it's bent, there's no way back. You cannot just put it back in the thing. Oh, you can, but it tends to be a little bit more brittle. The grain becomes thicker. I feel like I'm a little bit too much of a, I know a little bit too much, right? <laughs> and then, once it's straight enough, once it's ready, it's gone through the oil, he tests its sharpness. The testing doesn't stop there. He, yeah, he comes and sees, let me see how sharp you are. Imagine Jesus Christ, 30 years of life. He is baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And the first thing the Holy Spirit tells him to do is what? Let me test your sharpness. Pastor Douglas was saying he was hungry. He was tired. It was the perfect moment for the enemy to strike. And what, what happened to him? He was as sharp as ever. He was like, the word says this. The word says that. Oh, don't come at me with this because I know my father does this. And it's written. And it's written. And look at him. He is sharp as ever. When he is hungry when he's been alone i, I was i was telling I, we made a, a study over there in 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 la that i was telling that god stayed alone for 40 days and 40 nights and uh there's a psychologist here that comes with us and he was telling me that after 30 days of being alone you're borderline crazy could you imagine jesus being there 40 days by himself and what happened to him he was sharp he was straight he was ready. He was willing to be called. He was ready to be put through fire. Because the last fire is the last trial is the most important one. The last trial, the last time of forming is the most important one. Because Jesus' trial did not end there. It started. And what happens to, what happens to a weapon? What happens to something of metal that you want to try? What's the next thing that you do after it's sharp and it's ready to go and it's straight? What do you do? I hear a few rumblings. What is it? You test it. You grab a water bottle and you swing. You grab a tree and you see how hard it is. And you start beating it and beating it and beating it and beating it. Until what? It's dull again. And what, do you, what must you do again? Go back to sharpen it. Until it's a tested blade. Until it's a tested instrument. Then. The instrument is perfect. Only then. If the metal. If you and I are willing to be formed by God. Only then. We may reach the stature. Of the perfect man. And to end today. I want to read you the last verse. The last verse. Philippians 1.6. As Apostle Paul speaking, he says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing. That he who has begun the good work, that he who has begun the good work inside you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. If you're here, it's because God has started a work in you. And let me tell you that he will not leave you halfway, brothers and sisters. 
He will finish what he started. He's not a man to leave everything halfway. He's not a son of man to just go back on his word. If he said he's going to do something with you, believe it. Why don't you guys, why don't you guys get up here? I've been preaching for like 50 minutes, 55 minutes, and the Levanta can come up. Today, before you leave, make a decision. Today, before you leave, don't hope. I, I, I despise when people tell me, oh, I can't wait to go and ignite in 2023, 2024. No. Ignited tomorrow starts. Ignited Monday. Also, Clinton is going. Then on fire Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every single day. You must understand before you leave. That this is not a, uh, how do you say it's like a, like a rally. I'm not here just to set you fire and then, you says a lot. No, I'm here to set you fire and let me tell you, you, it's your job to fan out the fire of God. That's what the back says. Did you guys even read the back of your chair? It's your job to let God form you. Close your eyes. Like I told you before, forget anybody who's next to you. Forget, you know, who's here. It's about you and Jesus. It's about you and the Holy Spirit. It's about you and your next 10 to 15 years. Who are you going to be? Are you going to be a man or a woman of God that has been perfected through years, fire? Are you going to be this person? That's going to be halfway formed, halfway done, unconsistent. And you can say, oh, I remember daddy. He was the one that told me to be formed by the Holy Spirit. It's your turn to choose. Now let God form your identity. Let God grab his hands and put his hands on you and mold you and teach you and show you tell you not what to do and tell you what to do and for you to accept and be willing with wisdom. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and like always I want you to start speaking to God. I want you to speak to God because it's not about me. It's not about the person next to you. It's about you. You and God. It's about you and God because in reality, guys, you need to be prepared. The coming of Christ is so soon.